0: Good day and welcome to another special edition of the International News Desk. Of course, I am joined by none other than Mr. Kurt Buckerfield. How are you, Kurtie? Shawnee, I'm great. How are you doing? (laughs) Not great. (laughs) I'm not great. Um, Let's let's just start off with a... um, I mean, it's been a week of crazy football, some crazy stories. Should we just go into it? Yeah, let's get into it right away. Let's get into it. Let's talk about probably one of the biggest upsets ever, I would say. Oh no, not upsets, maybe comebacks. Um but yeah, again, uh, Pep falling a little short <laughs> when that counts. Just devastating, bro. I, I did not see this happening. What, what do you think, Cody?
1: Yeah, I think look, it's definitely as a as a neutral one of those games that I felt very privileged to have watched. Yeah. Um and I think that everyone around the world who watched that game will remember where they were for it. It was just one of those sort of occasions. Um so let's just quickly run down you know what happened it was um city went into the second leg with a 4-3 aggregate <laughs> uh, uh advantage and they scored in the i think it was the 73rd minute through mares in the second leg at the Bernabeu. and yeah. at that point it seemed like they were cruising it looked like yes. they were through that cemented their spot in the final great goal by the way. yeah great goal um yeah. Pep made a few changes. He took Mares off. De Bruyne had come off just a little earlier than the goal, I think. Um, there were it, it just seemed like City believed that they had won the game. Sure. Um, and then Rodrigo comes on, the young Brazilian as a substitute. Camavinga um, yeah. comes on for Real Madrid. I think Modric Cruz came off, so really experienced players for, yeah. for these youngsters. Um, and that didn't necessarily sh- change the game straight away. Um, you know, I think most people will sort of think of this as the substitutions immediately impacting the game. But it was quite a while before they they had their say, their their chance to impact the game. And it was in the 89th minute where Benzema sort of keeps the ball in play with his, his left foot, um, I think it was a cross from Carviel. Um, no, it was actually Camavinga. Um, and he puts the ball into the middle. Rodrigo scores 2-1. At that, I mean, uh, 1-1 on on the night, um, still 5-4 in aggregate. And you still think, come on, there's no way that this could possibly happen. Um, I think it was 89 seconds later, he then scores um, a header from Danny Carvial's cross um, to send the game to extra time. um, And five minutes into extra time, Benzema scores a penalty, which he won. Um, that man again. That man again. Um, his, 14, uh, his 15th goal in the Champions League this season. It's incredible. What's um, Ronaldo's record again? Uh, I think it's 17. Um, Benzema equaled his record of scoring the most um, knockout goals in a single competition, in a single Champions League competition, so 10 goals in the knockout rounds. Um, wow. And like I said, just one of those games that I feel lucky to have watched. Um, but yeah. you know, when you, when you sort of analyze what happened, it's very hard to obviously point to one thing. Um, but. But, but for me, Sean, um, and you can disagree with me, you know, I'll, I'll allow you to have your say. But for me, it seems like, now I've always been a huge admirer of Pep, um, but it feels like there's something that he does in his coaching that doesn't emotionally translate to his players. Um, and that's probably been my biggest sort of criticism of him um, over the last decade or since he left Barcelona at least like he's a revolutionary he's, he's sort of changed the way fans watch football he's changed the way coaches coach the way players play but it doesn't seem to trigger emotion from his players and I think that a large part of his coaching is based on the technical aspects of the game which you is I mean the,
0: play, the players are a bit robotic
1: yes I think yes exactly Um, yeah. so I think that. He focuses more on those technical aspects, which is completely fair. And that's what makes him a a phenomenal coach and and one of the greatest of all time. But this isn't the first time that we've seen a Pep Guardiola side suffer like a mental collapse. And in minutes as well. Um, I saw this very, very interesting tweet after the game. This journalist put this tweet out there saying that of Pep's 11 Champions League eliminations, eight have been decisive periods that were sudden collapses. Um, or flurries of goals conceded. So in 2010 it was two and 13 minutes. In 2014 it was three and 18. In 2015 it was three and 17. Wow. In 2017 two and eight. In 2018 three and 19 minutes. Um, in 2019 two in three minutes. In 2020 two and eight minutes. And now in 2022 three and six minutes, which is was technically 11 because of the six minutes added on. Wow. Um, But that's that's what it it feels like to me You know, we're going to go into Liverpool now But it feels like that is sort of the difference Between a Pep Guardiola and a Jurgen Klopp Like, Pep is this intellectual This, like, mastermind sort of teacher Whose intelligence um, you you appreciate But you don't really relate to it And I think that that's that's sort of the problem That the players have Like, it feels like there's a lack of connection And this was, like, what was said about Pep at, At Bayern Munich as well Players didn't feel close to him they didn't feel like he was a great man-manager. Um, and you know, whereas Klopp is someone who is like that teacher that pulls things from inside of you that you didn't know was there. Um, yeah, that's
0: very, very, very well put, Kurt. And, and as a Man City fan, I'm, I couldn't agree more, to be honest, because I've never really looked at it from that way, but it, that's that's a great analogy. And we can go on to Jurgen Klopp in a bit, but mm. um, when you watch Jurgen Klopp, when, when you know, even as a if Liverpool neutral, like, you can feel it, like exactly. he's a, fa- a father figure of some sort. It's, it's like a family, and a, I know Mourinho um, states, and we'll get into Mourinho as well, but he feels that Roma is a family now, and, and hence the good results that he's, he's pulling out there. But mm. um, yeah, it's, it's, that's very, very well put. And it's quite evident now that you've made it, uh, that you made it quite obvious, you know?
1: Yeah, I think with, I, I mean it was at Bayern minute where it was three consecutive Champions League uh, semi-final um, knockouts that they lost. Um, he failed to make the, the final there. Now, with City, he's, he's made the final once, obviously, last year, losing to Chelsea. Um, and I think that, you know, like we, like we said earlier, Pep will go down as one of the greatest managers of all time, possibly sure. the greatest of all time, when, when it's all said and done, um, in sure. terms of the way he's influenced the sport. But I think that it is difficult not to th- feel that the that his failures in the Champions League over the last decade or 11 years, exactly, um, haven't sort of been a little stain on his achievements. Um, you know, when you consider the money spent, um, I was looking at it yesterday. Um, let me just quickly find the stuff. I've got it right, Jay. At Bayern, he bought 25 players for 205 million euros. At City, he's bought 117 players, mm. um, of spending 1 billion. And I think that... It, it's not a good look to not have won the Champions League, not just made a final, but not won the Champions League, especially with the talent in that squad. Um, so you have to you have to look sort of elsewhere beyond the talent of the players and beyond of like beyond his coaching ability and stuff like that. Like what what's yeah. not happening? And it yeah. feels like the players, it, it, you can't feel it like you like you just mentioned now. You you do yeah. with 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 Klopp um, yeah. when you watch Liverpool at Anfield, or I mean, just anywhere really you can feel that those players are desperate, desperate to make their manager happy. Um, And it's not just about the technical, like where you need to be and how to receive a ball and where to run into and which spaces to exploit. It's like, it's it's more than that. It's it's like the human sort of feeling of like connection to the manager. Um, I know this is a ridiculous thing to bring up, but when I was in grade seven, we had this science teacher who, I mean, science was boring to me and was boring to all of my classmates, but he made it so fun that you wanted to make this guy happy. You wanted to, at the end of the year, get the best results you could. Um, And we all, I think our entire class, and I'm not a smart guy, got over 80% 80 in science in grade seven. I mean, it's not my... Life's biggest achievement, but it's just because we really, <laughs> is really is it is it not coach? I think it probably is. We just desperately wanted to please that coach, and yeah, I don't know. Well, that
0: a, a teacher, the, yeah.
1: uh, sorry, that teacher, and yeah, yeah, it just feels like that's the the, the the thing Pep struggles with. Maybe you know this this sort of thing wouldn't have been brought up or wouldn't have been an issue at Barcelona, and that's yeah. possibly because he was so connected to the city. He's he's, mm, he's mm. from Barcelona. He's he played for the club. Um, and it was a great story that he went on to coach them, and he had this sort of immediate success. Um, And that's probably another aspect that his standards are so high, um, and and it's because he set them really, really early on in his career. Um, I think it was the treble that he won in his first coaching career, uh, his his first season. So it's it's difficult to point out one thing, but I would say that it it feels like the players aren't willing to... um, run through walls for him and it's not because they don't like him it's because they he doesn't pull that from them um yeah anyway. i,
0: I could just think of a, a a local example you know my time at ajax when forpe donhan arrived um you've got that sort of uh jürgen klopp feel i think stuart baxter's first stint at, at kaiser chiefs as well um but yeah that's very very well put let's move on to another cracker um nearly turned out to be a disaster for liverpool but they came back and and one convincingly at the end. Uh, but Villarreal at home to Liverpool, 2 0 up, and then succumbed to Liverpool's quality at 3 2, and then Liverpool win 5 2 aggregate. Um, Liverpool potentially the favourites, I would say. Mm. But uh, what do you think of that, uh, that game, Cody? Yeah,
1: I think Liverpool, they were always the favourites. Um, mm. And it was a difficult first off, obviously, um, at Villarreal. And um, I think. It's, you know, they went into a halftime 2-0 down and the score at the time was 2-2 on aggregate. And I reckon even though it was a very, very difficult and hostile like atmosphere in, in yeah. Spain, I think that yeah. they wouldn't have been worrying too much. Um, it feels like in a, in a moment like that, when a match like that, it seems like the team with the momentum, Villarreal, um, is the team. That, they're leading the match, they're in control, they're destined to win. Um, but it was more about Liverpool not yet really having been in the match um, yes. than it was about Villarreal just playing them off the park. Sure. Um, and sometimes you need a sort of wake-up call, even like the best players in the world, even the best team, sometimes need to feel like the backs are against the wall. How do we respond? Um, and it was very evident that that half-time team talk would have sort of inspired them. The, the Luis Diaz change was obviously huge. He came mm-hmm. on and, and changed that game. Um, in, a, in a matter of minutes. Um, Sean, I, I honestly think, I know he signed for, for Liverpool in January, but he could possibly be the, the, the best signing of the season. I can't really think yeah. of anybody else who's had that sort of impact so soon. Hmm. Um, yeah, so he immediately created chances, he scored. Um, and in a short 12-minute period, Liverpool were 3-2 up. <laughs> um, ridiculous. And they are now in their third final in five years and have the chance to to win a seventh Champions League title. It's incredible. Yeah, it is. It's it's incredible to watch. It really, really is. Um, and it's obviously fantastic news that Klopp recently signed a new deal. Yeah. Um, him and his How long was that co- deal? Do know? It's for another two years. Okay. Um, and I think Klopp said that uh, his wife brought it up to him. Because um, Klopp, I think it was last year, he said that... Uh, he wanted to spend time with his family you know and obviously football takes so much of your time and yeah. um, he, f- he felt like he was he was um missing out on, on quality family time but his wife brought it up to him and said are we really going to be leaving these people in uh, next year in 2023 and that's when he knew immediately okay let's get talks underway let's sign a new deal let's stay um and yeah it, it's great for the Premier League it's, it's great for football because I think that this is one of the, the best Premier League teams we've ever seen, um, yeah. potentially one of the best teams we've ever seen, 100%. Um, so yeah, it's it's fantastic news. And um, just quickly, the final
0: is going to be absolutely brilliant, um, we'll obviously lead up to that, no doubt, but in terms of
1: seeing the both games over this week, the favourites for the final? I think Liverpool will be favourites, Yeah. Um, but as Real have shown throughout this Champions League campaign, they are never down. Um, each knockout game, they've had to uh, stage a huge comeback um, against PSG, against Chelsea. It looked mm-hmm. like they were out of the competition on both occasions. Then against City, of course, it looked like they were out. Um, but they seem to be um, uh, just big players coming up in big moments. Um, and that's sort of the beauty of what they're doing right there. It's, it's not like... It, it doesn't feel like in- incredible coaching from Ancelotti. It just feels mm-hmm. like he allows... Individual players to sort of have their moments. These um, substitutions have been excellent. That's one thing that I will say, but just feels like they've relied on these individual moments, and that's sort of what Real Madrid is, you know, yeah, what they've been yeah. for the longest time. So Correct. I can't wait for the final, but Liverpool are probably the favourites.
0: Mm, who would have thought? <laughs> Who would have thought? Let's move on to um, also one of the greatest, without a doubt, uh, Jose Mourinho was left in tears after AS Roma edged past Leicester to book their spot in the Europa Conference League final later this month on an emotional night in Rome. We saw plenty of tears there. I just wanna quote, unquote, it was a historic night for Mourinho who became the first coach to take four different teams to a European final after his previous exploits with Porto, Inter Milan and Manchester United, and the 59-year-old, now has a chance to go one further and end Roma's 14 year trophy drought later this month. Uh, there's no doubt of how how good this guy is, whether you love him or hate him. Um, but what a what a what a
1: change and what what an impact he has made at AOC Roma. Yeah, I know it's uh, it's incredible. Um, obviously I didn't really enjoy Mourinho when he was in charge of of United. I didn't no. I hated no. watching the football and the the antics sort of off the field, but No, it's obviously great to see. Um, I think that Mourinho's probably felt um, sort of hard done by over the last few years. Um, And I think that he's felt like he's lost some relevance um, and like the game sort of caught up to him and uh, that he hasn't maybe adapted enough to to still be considered one of the best coaches in in football. But it's very good to see um, Roma making that final because Mm. it, it just continues sort of Mourinho's legacy of of picking up trophies wherever he goes, you know, and even though he didn't manage to keep that up at, at Spurs, he did get them to the Carabao Cup final before he was, before he was fired, remember, controversially, just, I think it was a week before that final. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just love how Mourinho, like, he was obviously extremely emotional on the sidelines. And as soon as the, the final whistle blew, he was in tears, hugging all of his coaching staff and players. Um, but in his press conference, he was a lot more calm and collected. Yeah. Um, and explain sort of why he was emotional. Um, yeah. And he, he said, this is a giant club without the trophy room in relation to the social dimension of the club. So this is not a trophy. It's only a final, but it means a lot for them. And then he yes. goes on and in typical Mourinho fashion, and you've got to love the man. Of course, I've had bigger moments than this. <laughs> I'm not feeling this for myself. Um, I'm feeling this for the people and my players. This, is, this for us is our Champions League. Um, So, I just love that from Mourinho, just reminding everybody that he's been on the biggest stages. Um, You know, he wasn't overcome with emotion because this is his greatest achievement, but... um, (laughs) No, it's fantastic to see. So, they'll be playing um, Rangers in the final of... uh, Sorry, not Rangers, uh, Feyenoord in the final of the Europa Conference League um, in Albania, and uh, yeah can't wait to see see how that one plays out
0: yeah and he goes on to say we have a sense of family with age you become less selfish and more of a father or even a grandfather to some of them i'm very happy for all of them um so yeah
1: maybe he maybe he's softening up i don't know maybe he's softening up but it's exactly that which makes sort of Mourinho like sort of in the same sort of um bracket as klopp where they pull on an emotion yeah. and they know exactly what to say and to make everybody feel a part of it um, and those players at Roma will die for him, you know? Yeah. And it's yeah. been pretty clear throughout the season, they've had obviously difficult moments, but someone like Tammy Abraham, who was having a difficult time at Chelsea, has gone on to have like tremendous goal scoring success at Roma. And he yeah. has said, Mourinho is, is, is like a father to me. And they've, they've been working together for, what is it, eight months? Yeah. Um, and he has that ability to to make every player feel a part of it and to make every player feel hungry and desperate to please him um, yes. and that's, what's, that's, that's what has worked for him throughout his entire career if you remember obviously his first spell at Chelsea it was very much the same sort of thing yeah. um, at Real Madrid it was, it's, he's been he has been box office since he burst into the scene yeah. um, and I really really hope that he actually um, gets his hands on that on that trophy.
0: Yeah, for sure. And don't forget Porto, which is probably the, bet, the better example. Yeah, oh yeah, of course, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kurti, uh, this coming week weekend, anything to keep our eyes and ears open for?
1: I think uh, just keep your eyes on um, things like the the Premier League, because obviously um, Liverpool, nor yeah. City can afford to slip up. I think City have Newcastle this weekend, um, and Liverpool. Who did Liverpool play this weekend? I can't remember now, but next week they play Spurs, um, so they have a, a, a few very difficult fixtures coming up. Their, their yeah. running is definitely harder, um, yes. and then we'll get to sort of transfers and players' futures and stuff like that in the coming weeks. Cool. Um, obviously, the transfer window is around the corner, um, and the, the season's about to end, so it's going to be a lot of talk about Mbappe's future, about Cristiano Ronaldo's future. Um, so yeah, I look forward to it. Curtis as always a book of knowledge. Thank you very much. <laughs> And that is
0: how we wrap up this episode of the International News Desk. Whether you've been listening on SL Podcasts at CO.ZA, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or Mucky King 96.7 Game Time, I've been your host, Sean Roberts, and of course, Mr. Kurt Buckfield. Thank you, sir. Cheers, Sean. Thank you.